Let's go in-depth on all things Cyclones. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Back after a vacation hiatus is Randy Peterson and me, Travis Hines, talking all things Iowa State sports. And we've had a uh, pretty newsy, active couple weeks here as Iowa State, along with Iowa over in Iowa City, has dealt with a fairly high-profile gambling scandal that appears to be narrowing in scope and severity as things go along. But certainly when you see headlines regarding athletes, colleges, and uh, gambling potentially of the illegal variety, and certainly any gambling by an NCAA student-athlete is against NCAA rules, it is obviously going to pique interest and speculation. Randy, you were all over it last week. Um, I think the initial fears of the worst-case scenario of throwing games, point-shaving, things like that have receded as the Iowa Gaming Commission has uh, said they don't believe that any games or markets were compromised. But give us your read on how this thing progressed from, holy hell, what's going on, to this seems to be um, certainly serious and notable, but not apocalyptic. Yeah, um, it all started, Travis. I, and I must com- commend you for your 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 first text to me after you got back in the – United States from whatever country you were in. You said, did I miss anything? Question mark. Um, obviously knowing that you'd been keeping up to date somewhat on what's going on wherever you were. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so let's just back up. It all became, came to the forefront officially when at some point I'm losing track of days, but at some point, I believe, I don't know, at some point on a Friday or Saturday, University of Iowa put out a press release saying that X amount of players, baseball players, had been suspended indefinitely. Um, so immediate suspicion then turned to why one of the one of the star players was among the players, not in the dugout for that weekend series. So so that's that's where it initially started and then shortly and then interestingly on i guess it was probably monday the uh, monday um iowa released its press release first and then very shortly afterward iowa state did too it's almost like they were okay let's push the button on these releases at the same time um, in essence, yes, it's 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 been found, like you said, not to, not they're comp- not compromising games. Uh, um, it's it's uh, bet just betting on betting on um, um, on games, other other games, and for some reason, which we can get into later, the NCAA still deems it improper for student athletes to bet on on sports beyond the scope of their own sport. Um, I mean, I'm talking about the bet on the NFL or, or, or things like that. 
which, you know, be that as it may, that's, that's a rule. I guess you have to follow the rule. So that's, that's where it is right now. Um, just from, I've not heard this officially, but appears apparently part of the reason that this started to even come out was some sort of underage gambling flagged where it was flagged with the some of the betting services which which triggered triggered the dci and that's that's on record the dci yes the dci has been investigating um but i've i've heard and this sounds likely but i haven't heard it to the extent where it's reportable but the dci is also investigating um a number a number of things ranging from underage gambling to investigate looking into the various um bookmaking apps um, available online to i don't i don't know whatnot so they're kind of running the whole gamut and why it started why it's only looks to be focused on the state of iowa i have no idea um because we all know that that athletes everywhere are doing the same thing that 41 iowa state and and iowa athletes combined got are being looked at are being scrutinized for it so we know it's iowa because it's now that legalized gambling is in no longer federal offense so it's not like the feds are out there looking it's just the iowa gaming commission right in the dci so that's why it's Iowa gaming commission. Yes, I yes, exactly. Yes. Um. Sorry. Um. But yeah, exactly. So that's that's where we are, and with the DCI involved, I don't know what kind of quick resolution that we could potentially have. I'm not guessing there'll be any kind of quick resolution, because first of all, they'll be they'll have to to prove what they found. They'll make their decision then there's the appeal process and um it's a it's a long process but if i'm kirk ferentz and if i'm matt campbell i would be concerned about potentially potentially being without some football players for at least the first part of next season and i asked campbell about that at the tailgate tour yesterday in Peyton and he essentially said yeah they're aware that something like that could happen and then and then Campbell said rules are rules we have to follow the rules say what you want to about the rules but we we still have to follow the rules so there he's concerned Kirk Ferentz has said a week ago in Des Moines that he's that they're concerned about about what the roster could look like at least early in the season so that, that's kind of where we, we are today i think yeah and i think you know like we said at the start when when this all kind of unfolded and i was watching it from afar that you know, your first thought goes to you know the the biggest scandals in this area you know in history that involved point shaving and again so when you start from there and you roll it back to okay is it underage gambling is it ncaa rules violations to that all you know based in 
comparison to the worst case scenarios feels pretty small. But when you zoom in a little bit, there could be pretty significant repercussions for the schools, the the athletes and the teams involved where, you know, are you looking at some level of legal liability? Maybe it's not huge if it's underage gambling. Um, you know, I'm not a uh, astute enough legal mind to know exactly or understand exactly what the the legal exposure is. Certainly, we don't really even know the circumstances that are being investigated. So it's hard to to really put a finger on you know what the legal exposure or possibilities could be. But to your point, Randy, you know if, if there were some combination of upwards of forty student athletes placing bets, all of them are very in very real danger of at least missing games because I don't think the NCAA is going to be particularly lenient um, given the worst case scenarios that we laid out that they don't want their student athletes, even if it's not on their teams or their sports, or even if it's on the professional ranks tied into to gambling. And I think you can, there is a discussion to be had about that, but given we're only what, like three years into legalized gambling, at least in the state of Iowa, I, I think, having relatively conservative uh, ability to gamble makes sense, at least until we see how things unfold or you know, certainly arguments can be made contrary to that, that I think are probably pretty reasonable. But the bottom line is players are going to be in jeopardy of, of missing games. And I think it's probably pretty cut and dried. You're not allowed to bet. And if it's shown that these players bet, I don't know where the wiggle room is here. I I agree. No, I <clears throat> I agree, and I don't know what their what their appeal process could be. I think there's a precedent out there that 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 we've been citing the Virginia at Virginia Tech with a football player, a senior football player, got busted, was gambling on it was during a football season was gambling uh, were betting on on NBA games, I believe it was, and the. Um, the NCAA immediately rocked him for nine games and they appealed and they cut it back to six games. So there is a precedent out there for suspension of up to, you know, at least half of a season. And that would not shock me if something like this happens in the state of Iowa to our, you know, to our flagship, to our flagship programs. And let's not forget that, that um, wrestling has is involved as well um track and field athletes um they were they they're under the microscope they, they, some of them got um are under suspicion for it um so it's 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 a pretty wide swath within the athletic department um and yeah i think i think to use a loose phrase here i think you can bet on there's going to be some some athletes suspended at least at least temporarily suspended and you mentioned wrestling kevin dresser came out iowa state's wrestling coach yesterday at the tailgate tour stop that you were at randy and we'll talk more about the tailgate tour later on in the show but made some headlines calling i think some level of the investigation a witch hunt which um i think i would like to hear that expanded upon because i'm not really quite sure where that sentiment lies it seems like when you have when you're pulling players out of games like we presumably saw Iowa baseball do and have the university say there's upwards of 40 athletes 
that are under investigation. I don't know that that's a witch hunt so much. It is a uh, roundup. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I asked, I asked dresser uh, the, the follow-ups that, that, that you just suggest we talk, mentioned there. And he really didn't have a good, he really didn't have a good comeback. Um, he was, he was very emotional as he was talking to two or three of us um, yesterday in Peyton. And um, he really didn't have, have a great, uh, response when I asked him to define witch hunt, witch hunt by who, what he said was an Iowa organization is what he said. And so I said to him, I said, DC, you know, somebody like the DCI. And he said, and that's when he, that's when he said something to the effect of, are they going to knock on doors in Pennsylvania? Are they going to knock on doors? And he, he rattled off about five states, wondering if they were going to rattle, you know, people are going to knock on doors and, and and take cell phones away from student athletes in in other states. Um, and then he and then he ended that part of it saying, why is it just Iowa? Um, and to that point, I asked, I kind of asked the same thing. Why is it just Iowa? Um, we know that it's not just, this isn't the only place that it's going on. That doesn't mean it's right. But, um, so I, so that's what, so I don't, I don't speak, caught, presumably uh, they're, they're mad that they may have gotten caught, that their student athletes may have gotten caught doing something they weren't supposed to. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But I, I'm not going to speak for dresser, but I'm, I'm guessing that's, that's what he meant. And, and I tried to clarify it with him and, and, and it was, it, I just got more, um, muddier. So um, I, I'm guessing that that's what he meant. Why in Iowa and why not other places? And we do know that the DCI was um, on both in both towns. I'm, let's not say on both campuses. They were in both towns in Iowa City and in Ames. We've got that confirmed from from police department spokesmen's spoke spokespeople in both towns so we do know that they were in town um we don't know what they were in the scope of why they were in town um because they don't share that information with the authorities they just they just say hey we're we're in town um you know and, and they just notify you like that yeah even if this proves to be pretty low level um which would be a, obviously a best case scenario for both the institutions and the student athletes it's never probably i would imagine it's not a very fun uh, experience to go through when you're answering questions from DCI about about gambling. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. I mean, I don't think we want to probably speculate too much more, but it does seem that the the highest levels of concerns have receded a bit, uh, both at Iowa and Iowa State. Um, and to Randy, to your point, this is probably going to take a while to unwind. And really, you know, at least from a sports perspective, you know, the the deadline, the looming deadline will be to start a football season you know when we really you know are going to probably need to start seeing resolutions or at least some clarity you know for for betting markets are our teams going to be without their player like we don't know who's involved well exactly exactly it's uh i think whatever discussion like into dresser's point like there probably needs to be a discussion about better understanding what should be allowed given the money involved, given the lack of real regulation, you know, that we see in other professional leagues that have long, you know, made rules to keep betting markets uh, free of, you know, insider information or less so with injury reports and on down the line. But 
again, I think there is certainly a, a larger discussion that needs to be had as we, you know, move into this new, that this era that is still very, very young of legalized sports betting, not only in our state, but I believe what 33 states. And I imagine that number will only grow and situations like this um, will have to be, you know, understood to, to move things forward, both from an education standpoint and probably a regulatory and uh, statute position uh, to make things better for all parties involved. Going but forward. but the NCAA is going to have to be involved and they're spineless on, on things. They, I mean, I mean, they're, it's so hypocritical, Travis, they're, they're, they're busting players who allegedly bet on games yet they're turning their head when uh, basketball players get paid hundreds of th- hundreds of thousands of dollars to transfer from school A to school B. They're 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 turning blind eye to the transfer portal. They're turning a blind eye to to NIL uh, to 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 boosters. I mean the, it's the wild wild west out there and I didn't mean to mean say NIL for specifically but to boosters who are just throwing money around willy-nilly at these players. The NCAA is crawls in a hole on that situation. Um I mean, it's going to say that Gambling, like, is the NCAA out busting gambling, or did a state regulatory body flag this? And but the NCAA, exactly, but the NCAA is going to have to be the one that hands down the the suspensions, yeah, and they broke the rules. It, well, exactly, they did. But if we expect the NCAA to come forth with a quick resolution after going through all the appeal process, that we know how long it's gone with the basketball situation. And when we come, about, when we come back, we'll talk more tailgating tour in Iowa State sports on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Radio Insider. Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register. Easy for me to say. That's what happens when you take a week off, Randy. If you missed anything from our first segment, be sure to check it out wherever you get our podcast. Going to switch gears from talking about the uh, the gambling situation that has enveloped both Iowa State and Iowa over the last couple of weeks to now talk some tailgating tour, uh, the annual trek across the state for Iowa State and its coaches with uh, the first stop happening yesterday in Peyton. Uh, Randy, both you and our colleague Tommy Birch were there. You're going to be in Okaboji tonight. Um, I think I'm going to be in Webster City tomorrow, and then we'll make some uh, other appearances tracking the tailgate tour next week. But uh, always a uh, interesting time to get to talk to these coaches, to for fans to get a more intimate, uh, you know, setting to hear from coaches and talk to coaches and see coaches. Um, and sometimes there's some news, and we didn't get any real news yesterday. But what's been, what are you hoping to hear from these coaches? as the uh, next week and a half progress and they are uh, talking to us and talking to fans. I don't know what I want to hear. I want to, but I, I want to have one-on-one time with the coaches as much as I can, because we don't get that anymore. Um, (laughs) Anymore when we don't. So I want to have one-on-one time and doing, doing the, um, the tailgates is a, is a good time to do that. Like tonight, I'm pretty sure I'm the only one, I'm the pretty sure I'm the only reporter that will be at Okaboji 
for example. And it's the Okiboji one starts at six and it's just right six o'clock. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure I'll be the only reporter there. So I'll have, I would guess I'd have good access to anybody I want to talk to. And TJ and Finley were not even at the one in Peyton because they were at Big 12, wrapping up Big 12 conference meetings. Um, so it's it's a good time. If fans not have, haven't gone, it's a, it's just a good time to, it's a very laid back um the 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 coaches and, and administrators get off a bus. Um, they fan out. I mean, yesterday it was on Main Street in Peyton. They shut down Main Street. Um, um, and so and the one of the schools, the grade school in, in Peyton, it was a um a field day trip for kids. So there were hundreds of kids at that thing, and they were having fun, and the coaches were interacting with them. So that's what this is all about, the tailgate tour. It's it's just a fun interactive thing. It's not stuffed shirt. Um, um so that's that's what it is. What I want to find out, I want to talk to Matt Campbell about about this team. A year of no expectations when in the past they've had expectations. Um I I I, I think you're probably gonna hit TJ when you find it when you go whenever tomorrow. Um so I, I it's it's just a good time for good FaceTime with these guys just to sit at, just to, to to stand in a corner of a room and, and just to to talk about things not related to sports. I mean, it's it's just a, a good laid back time um, and the fans seem to love it. And uh, it'll be at a, it's at a big ballroom in Okaboji tonight and um, they'll pack it. They'll probably get 400 people in there. And it, it's, you know, it's it's just a, a hang loose meet and greet um and the coaches hang around until the last person leaves that's what's kind of cool yeah it's basically a uh pep rally on wheels right i mean that's what it comes it looks yeah, very yeah, much like the, uh, what we see at power and light or at a bowl game whereas you know, maybe a little bit more uh, laid back than that but it's essentially a pep rally on wheels and it seems like every town i've been to it seems to be you know now going on damn like 10 years uh a hit you know, it seems to be people enjoy their time at these. Yeah. And, and there was evident yesterday at, at, um, at Peyton. I mean, they had, I don't know, I guess 350 or so people, 300 or so yesterday. Um, and this is in a little Peyton and they, people came up from Ames. Um, Tommy Randall was there, for example, had his grandson came up from Ames. Um, there were people came from all over uh, the area yesterday. Um some people even drove down from Okaboji and they're going to go back. They were going to be at the one tonight. So, um, yeah. It, it, I know it, somebody who did that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I'm coming back to Des Moines on Wednesday for a while. So, yeah. Okay. So, so, um, um, can't stay one place too long, but, uh, um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, tomorrow they're in, uh, Webster city and clear Lake. And then, Next week, they go to Dubuque and Cedar Rapids and Bettendorf um, and finish up on the 24th, whenever that is, um, in Des Moines um, between 6 and 8 o'clock. I think they're in Marshalltown sometime next week, too, I think. I think it might be Monday. So, yeah, yeah it's a cool thing. Monday. It's a cool yeah. thing. And, you know, I think it'll be interesting to hear from Campbell on – you know, what kind of, you know, I feel like they left spring feeling pretty good about themselves. There hasn't been 
you know, too much. I don't think that's probably changed in the last two or three weeks, but certainly, um, you know, them mostly standing pat, you know, vis-a-vis the the transfer portal is interesting. You know, how it's going to be very interesting. I think you said that it's a, a year of no expectations for them, which I agree, but another one and eight season in the Big 12, another four, like depending on, if you can get to four wins with a couple wins in the Big 12, like, I don't think anybody would be happy with that, but I don't think it'd be pitchfork time. Uh, but another one and eight season in the Big 12, if that were to be the case, and obviously I have not done my uh, to research to predict that one way or another. I don't think – I think that would be quite poorly received where people would start to get a little ang- angsty and a little uh, antsy about what, you know, the, the direction of the program would be. Uh, but I think that there's certainly a lot of reason for optimism, you know, if you're Iowa State, if you want to – to go in that way. And I think there's probably reason for skepticism, which is always kind of the area you're often in, you know, when the, there's unknown and when you don't have five-star recruits coming, you know, in through the door one after the other. And and the way to get out of that is to develop and win in the margins, which is what Iowa state aims to do. So that's, that's kind of their antidote, I think, is to follow. Iowa State needs to do and hasn't done in the yeah, last. That, that's what they yeah. need to change is to get back to doing the things that they say that they're about. And I don't think that is lost on them uh, heading into the summer. I agree. Yes, 100 percent. I agree. Um, and that's that's why, I, you know, I, I could ask Campbell tonight, you know, what kind of pressure do you feel? And we know what the answer is going to get. They all put pressure on themselves. But but, yeah, it's. It's a season that um, um, they've got to do better than four and eight. They've got to do better than one and eight. Um, and that's including going into the new Big 12. That's They play where? At BYU and at Cincinnati yeah. of, the new B, of the new Big 12 members. And the BYU trip won't be easy. That's that's a long haul. Yeah. And I, I think like four and eight is obviously a bar to to clear just so you're seeing overall improvement. But I do think that the much, much bigger bar, the more important bar to clear is the one and eight. Like to be better and more uh competitive within the Big Twelve, because you know, who knows what's gonna happen at Iowa or against Iowa. You're on the road at Ohio, which, you know, you, you should win that game, but you don't feel great playing a road game, and then you and I has always been a thorn in their side. So and but those are all early. Like I think one, the how you compete in the Big Twelve is more important, and two, that's how you're finishing the year. And I think that'll be what people remember and take away. Uh, Unless they forget, they they likely could be without some key players early in the season. Also, yeah, we have no idea on that front, but we'll uh, we'll certainly see as things un- unfold over the next weeks and months. For Randy Peterson, I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.